You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to another episode of Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Today's main topic is going to be really diving into your skin needs and specifically skin health as it regards to eczema, rosacea, and skin tags. I've talked a lot about acne, and so I will talk a little bit about acne in the beginning, but it's going to be a very brief discussion because acne... I've been very biased to acne. I've had a lot of podcasts on acne, root causes, hormonal podcasts, toxicity related. So we've talked a lot about acne, but what about eczema, rosacea? And I mean, skin tags is another important one and that's spoiler alert, just all metabolic. It's almost like a pre-diabetes insulin resistant type syndrome as actually can many of these other syndromes be. But I'm gonna be talking about eczema and rosacea a little bit more specifically today. So the reason this is important is because if you've ever struggled with an issue, a skin issue, it sucks. Because if you struggle with digestion, if you struggle with more internal things, it still also sucks, but you aren't advertising your problem to the world. That's how at least I feel. If you have skin issues and you don't feel that way, that's totally fine. But that's how I feel that it, that it is of suffering from skin issues in the past. And that's how I also see my patients feel like the self-confidence and just the mental stuff that comes along with, Hey, I've got this huge rash or I've got this huge cyst on my face. Like, you know, there's no way there, there are ways to hide these things. Sometimes those things are making them worse, but when you have a skin issue, it really sucks. And we, We'll go at any lengths to fix it. You guys, if you've been here, you've listened to the podcast, you've heard my story, you know that I was willing to literally do anything to fix my acne. I never went on Accutane, thank God. That was never really an option that my dermatologist brought up, but I put on all the harsh topicals that bleached my pillows, bleached my towels. God knows what it was doing to my skin. I took internal antibiotics that probably ruined my gut for years, took birth control, which that's a whole journey in itself. I was literally willing to do whatever it took. You could have told me to put something on my skin that could have been a carcinogen and I probably would have done it if it got rid of my acne. I didn't that I know of, but the things that I was prescribed probably weren't super great for me. So willing, what I'm saying is it's we are so motivated to do whatever it takes. That's why I want you to take a lot out of this conversation if you struggle with eczema, rosacea, things like that, because any skin issue is an is showing you that something else is going on internally. It's it's a your your skin is just a mirror of what's going on on the inside. And yes, there's things that can just pure be topical, right? Maybe you don't shower right away after the gym or maybe your face is super sweaty and you're breaking out cuz you're wearing a hat or that's obviously more topical to the skin, right? But there are so many things internal that when your body and when your terrain is optimal, those things will not come into fruition as much, which I have noticed personally, because in the past few months, I don't know why, but my skin was acting up more so than it has been in a really long time. And it was really frustrating. So I've been really diligent about 
all the internal stuff for me, I know stress is a big trigger because in my luteal phase, I get more prone to breakouts in the adrenal region, which we're a little bit more less sensitive to stress during that time. So I've been taking some various adaptogens and just really focusing on meditating, really focusing on winding down. And I mean, my, I've been also going to acupuncture again. I've been doing a few acupuncture. Uh, I've been doing I've been doing acupuncture about every four weeks, but I've been doing also some Chinese herbs as well. I was trying to think of the word to say, that's the word. I'm doing Chinese herbs. So I've been doing a lot of things, but I know that my journey, even when I run a Dutch test or hormone test or gut test on somebody, it's like, okay, you have this, like, that's all we're focusing on. No, no, no. Any type of skin issue, it's multiple facets. You, as you notice, I didn't just talk about, oh, I'm just taking one herb or I'm, I'm doing all the things and whatever you're f- suffering with in terms of skin or health in general, you do want to take that multifaceted, holistic, when I say holistic, that's what I mean. I mean, whole, whole body, whole facet of health, all pillars of health, the mind, body, nourishment, all of those things. So let's get into it a little bit today. I've talked about acne so, so, so much, but because I love talking about it so much, let's talk about it a little bit more. So Acne has a lot of triggers. We know that hormonal is a huge one. Hormonal can be around ovulation. Hormonal shifts can be in the luteal phase. That's usually when I see breakouts for people. But also don't forget that insulin is also a hormone. Insulin is a hormone that gets produced to help us lower our blood sugar levels. So if you are having breakouts that are lasting almost all month long or you feel like your acne never, it doesn't have a cycle, it doesn't have a routine. It just, it comes and it stays and maybe gets a little bit better, but it's never fully gone. Whereas if you're breaking out in the middle of your cycle, every single cycle, okay, that's probably ovulation. Or if you're breaking out before your period, okay, that's probably the hormonal shifts that are going on during that time. But if you have acne all month long, that's a big hormonal component. Not saying always, not saying always because insulin is a hormone that could be that component that is keeping it there all month long. I see that all the time. I feel like I've been seeing, I saw so much of that last week in practice. It's so crazy. I, it's so funny that sometimes I'll have appointments that clearly when people book them, they have no idea who they're booking, who's, who's else I'm seeing in the day. There was a day last week that I solely just talked about blood sugar balance, not intentionally, not intentionally at all. And each of their symptoms manifested a little bit differently, but they all had skin issues. So interesting. So, so, so interesting. So it was so nice when I was like writing their protocols because it was all fresh in my mind of so many of the blood sugar things that we're working on. So hormonal is a huge piece with acne. It's not the whole entire piece, but it's a, it's a huge piece, whether it's high androgens, high testosterone, high estrogen, um, or bad relationship or poor relationship between estrogen and progesterone. Because sometimes, especially in Chinese medicine, high progesterone can cause heat when it's not balanced with estrogen because estrogen is really good for our skin. It's what makes us plump. It's what helps with anti-aging. So it's not that we don't want any estrogen. We just want to balance So hormones are playing a huge role, right? But there's so many other factors too. I talked about blood sugar balance. That's obviously, I would classify that under hormonal, but we also can classify that under its own thing as metabolic. We have toxic exposure, which that can be pollutants in our food, air, water, uh, personal care products, whatever. And all of those things could be a variety of different things. Uh, dioxins, fragrance, parabens, phthalates, um, 
PCBs, hydrocarbons, mineral oils, heavy metals. I mean, so many different things that should not be on our body, in our body or around our body. Uh, So any type of heavy metal or toxic or chemical exposure can for sure wreak havoc because liver health is a huge part of skin health. So liver health could be another reason that you might be seeing the acne all month long or or even a reason that you see it worse at certain times in the cycle when your hormones are fluctuating because your liver's got to filter and function everything out. So pretty much with every single acne protocol I have, there's some liver help because liver stagnation is so much more common than you'd think, especially because we are exposed to so many more things. And then you throw on top the hormone imbalance, you throw on top the diet additives, all these things that the body has to process. Gut health is a huge thing. Obviously gut health is going to be a huge thing with eczema, psoriasis, acne, anything like any, anything that's gut related can manifest as skin stuff. So inflamed gut, leaky gut, IBS, constipation, parasites, right? Parasites are a huge thing. And I don't want to just classify parrots to the gut, parasites to the gut, because they can be very systemic. And we will talk and readdress parasites when we get to eczema, because I see that to be a very huge cause. Uh, But they also, I've ran so many people through my parasite protocol, and it is amazing what it can do for your skin. Absolutely incredible what it could do for your skin. Obviously, diet has a huge role, whether you're eating foods that are causing inflammation, foods that are not serving your gut health, foods that are causing metabolic dysfunction, right? All of those make a lot of sense. Um, Different types of stressors on the body. So stressors on the body can be EMFs. Um, There's actually some studies that have shown that electromagnetic fields and light from electronics can lead to an increase in skin bacteria. Uh, so that's another reason that we don't necessarily want to be on our phone all the time, which I unfortunately can't really change all that much because I'm usually on zoom a lot of the day. And when I'm not on zoom or not on phone calls, I'm probably podcasting or doing something on my website or getting back to you guys via emails or creating content. So a lot of what I do revolves around being on a device, unfortunately. So that is something that we can only change so much. I do really love using EMF mitigators like the Soma Vedic. You know, I turn our Wi-Fi off at night. I do certain things like that where I can control it how I can, but that is really interesting about the effects of LED or a, a blue light and electromagnetic fields on even the amount of bacteria that can be on your skin. Okay. So those are really very typical things. I mean, a huge other part, which I guess I should have even classified this under hormones is stress. So stress again, can be an all month thing. Sometimes during the month we are more stressed than others, but especially when I read Dutch tests and I see cortisol off the charts, I'm like, do you know how much inflammation that's causing? Do you know how much blood sugar dysregulation, just that high cortisol alone is causing? Take away all your other sex hormones. If you, if cortisol is not balanced, it's going to throw everything else off. So nobody, everybody wants to talk about the estrogen and testosterone and progesterone, but like those are the absolute last places that you're going to talk about hormones when cortisol is imbalanced and especially if insulin's imbalanced too. It's like, well, we're not talking about anything else except for these guys right now. Okay. So that's acne. I love acne. I've had so many podcasts on acne. I couldn't talk about skin health without talking about acne. But I really wanted to get into some of the other topics that I feel like I have not talked about as much. So atopical dermatitis, otherwise known as eczema, is a 
essentially an inflammatory skin condition. And it's definitely on the rise in our population. So most people come down with atopic dermatitis in their youth. Uh, About 60% of cases develop before a child's first birthday, and then 85% of them before the age of five. So this is usually something that if you're prone to acne, you would have known. Usually. Usually. I say usually because we are in a very unhealthy society, truth be told, if you didn't know. Um, So it's very common when you're younger. And then we think about all the things that we might be prone to when we're younger. If we're not vaginal birth, if we are breast bottle fed versus breastfed and maybe not to mom shame or anything or to feel guilty, but those are very critical things that really develop a child's not only immune system, but their gut health. And so many formulas, unfortunately, are just so absolutely horrible, loaded with inflammatory vegetable oils and just so many fillers. There are thankfully some good ones. Unfortunately, they are usually overseas. I think there are some decent ones here. There's actually, I've actually shared a few with uh, a few patients of mine. Weston A. Price has a very easy make your own and very nutrient dense, very minimal ingredients, but very nutritious compared to so many others out there. So I digress, but a lot of eczema usually shows up when you're a kid. Eczema is typically classified or the symptoms are usually that cracked, dry, rougher, scaly skin. Um, There can be some emotional and behavioral stuff with it, especially in children, uh, probably due to the symptoms affecting, you know, their ability to concentrate, social life, embarrassment, all that kind of stuff. It's typically itchy, rash-like irritation, and some can have skin lesions. So as we go back to a person's terrain. Everything goes back to the terrain. It is not the microbe. It is not the disease. It is not the diagnosis. It is the terrain. So what is going on in the body that's causing some people to be susceptible to this versus others to not be susceptible? So there are a lot of environmental factors. So especially if someone's immune system is a little bit more hyperactive, maybe, you know, kind of autoimmune-ish, or maybe their gut health isn't just isn't as robust enough, they can be a little bit more hyper-reactive to things. So air pollution is a huge one. So that's why I'm a huge fan of all of my eczema people having high quality air in their home or in where they're spending the most time. So getting an air purification system. I love the Air Doctor. It is hands down the best air purification system. Um, Chemical exposure is also a huge one that we definitely would want to look at. So in terms of environmental toxins, it can so it can range. Um, the exhaust that's in your home that's coming from candles or personal care products or non or not clean cleaning supplies that can be enough to trigger eczema in some people. Various um, pesticides, preservatives, processed foods, um, car fumes you name it, just think of something that probably is not natural and that can be something that could flare. So air pollutants, obviously huge one we talked about. Um, Allergens. So if you have seasonal allergies or maybe other airborne type allergens, that can be enough. It's because it's and, and if we think about it, okay, well, that's affecting the skin, right? But when you're exposed to something, it's your body's internal immune system that's helping to protect you. And where does most of your immune system live? It's in your gut. 
So that's something that we want to look at too. Food allergens can be a big one too. Big ones for eczema tend to be, unfortunately, eggs. Um, not for everybody. There's some people that do super well with eczema that maybe they cut eggs for a little while to calm down some of the inflammation in their guts because eggs can be a huge food sensitivity, but it's not the egg's fault. It's the fact that your gut is so compromised that the egg protein is causing your body to hyper respond. Conventional milk. Um, I say conventional because I know so many eczema people that thrive on raw milk products. Uh, Peanuts, soy, wheat, huge, huge, huge triggers for eczema. So if you or someone you know suffers from them, you want to definitely make sure that you're limiting the the amount of allergens that you could be particularly exposed to. Um, Other potential additives or food-based additives that you want to look at for eczema are lecithin, monosodium gluteate, MSG, nitrates, uh, parabens, and sorbic acid. So you definitely just want to look at those. So what would I do when I'm looking at somebody with eczema? One, we're healing your gut. We are doing gut healing protocols. We're really working on anti-inflammatory foods. So I'm not a fan of food sensitivity tests because it's a, it could be a really expensive way to just be like, oh, you just need to avoid all these foods. But then what? That you don't you just avoid the foods and maybe your symptoms get better, but you need to do the internal healing because that's it's a very I think that I see the food sensitivity test is like, do you have leaky gut or not? Or how bad is your leaky gut? Um, because if you have a lot of food sensitivities, you just have really bad leaky gut and you need to heal the leaky gut. And you don't want to avoid potentially those foods forever, especially if they're really whole dense nutrient foods like eggs, which are one of the most nutrient dense superfoods that we could eat. So anti-inflammatory diet is huge. That's going to look different person to person. So you can kind of figure out what foods, you know, work really well with you. I know a lot of people do very well on animal-based eating and even more carnivore-ish. I don't love carnivore-ish for women. Uh, For men, I think it could be super great. But for women, I feel that they do a little bit better with animal-based. So animal-based, what's different between those two is animal-based is fruits, organs, meat, and that's pretty much, it's you're, it's not vegetables, but you can have like squashes, avocados, because those are technically fruits. You can have any of like the fruit type vegetables, which squashes, I'm trying to think of what other fruit type vegetables, but anyways, I feel that they do better with that because there's more carbohydrate. Um, they can have dairy, so yogurt, raw milk, all those types of things, bone broth, um, pretty much any anything like that. And I feel like that tends to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, whereas guys, I feel like can do okay with carnivores, but carnivore isn't, again, something you don't want to live on that lifestyle if you don't have to forever. I think animal-based tends to be a little bit more balanced in its approach. And it's also nice too, because there are a lot of foods that have higher anti-nutrients that some people tend to do fine with. But some people, when their immune system is a little bit more dysregulated, it's they're, it's really affected by some of those anti-nutrients in foods. So if you aren't sure kind of what those anti, anti-nutrients are, it's like the oxalates and things like that. I talked about that in the podcast that I did with the Strong Sisters. So you can check that out. Anti-inflammatory foods, really whole food-based diet that works for you. That's huge. Um, antimicrobial and antiparasitic treatment. Since a lot of eczema... They've got a lot of overgrowth of bacteria, fungi, and a lot of other microbiome in the body. So I have even seen people who work through a parasite protocol or a detox protocol where they just suddenly randomly develop eczema. 
Um, that's because their detox is very sluggish and their body that that could be almost a, the parasites are releasing things when they're dying off. So that can cause some skin stuff. I know my first parasite cleanse I ever did. I randomly had periormal dermatitis on my face and I literally have never had eczema in my entire life. I'm like, what the heck is this? This is so horrible. And then it just, I, it went away in a few days cause I continued to cleanse and really support my liver and everything. But it was a little freaky. Um, but I have not luckily had that since, but when I cleanse some of my eczema people, they notice profound differences. We are having, we have so many unwanted bugs and stuff in our system. You would not even know how it could be affecting you and your skin. Obviously we want to focus on detoxing, uh, to reduce that kind of overall toxic burden, help take some stress off and, obviously finding, um, finding a a diet and lifestyle that's going to work for you. Now a a healing diet and lifestyle can look like a different, a little bit different than a lifestyle diet and lifestyle, right? Like a healing protocol might be, might be taking or putting in more things versus what you might typically want to do in your lifestyle. But depending on your body, how it's responding, some things that we are implementing in a healing protocol might need to transition over into a lifestyle depending on how your body responds and how serious you are about keeping it away. Okay, so rosacea is similar in terms of the dry skin, but you have a little bit of arrhythmia uh, arithma or like flushing redness because it's affecting a little bit more of the uh, dilated and broken blood vessels on the skin. You can have papules and pustules with those. Um, and then most people usually kind of have like a flare and then it goes away, flare, and then it goes away. You can get, um, some other changes. You can get, um, ocular changes, some, some almost even accompany acne, which is really interesting. Um, but rosacea really is an immune dysfunction. Um, but it even has a root with neurologic stuff as well. So I see, I will be honest, I see rosacea less than I do eczema and especially less than I do acne, probably because acne is my jam and I love it. But I do see rosacea sometimes too, and it's still a dysfunction of that terrain. So some common triggers, alcohol is huge. Um, Certain warm or hot foods uh, that contain cinnamaldehyde. So Chocolate, cinnamon, citrus, and tomatoes all have that compound in there. So that sometimes that could be a trigger for some people. Hot beverages, spicy food that contains uh, capsaicin. Some are emotional triggers, anger, or embarrassment. Um, some are triggered by exercise, heat, skincare products, sunlight, or excessive wind. But rosacea has a very, very strong association in the gut. Are we seeing a theme here? Um it's very, very commonly tied to celiacs, Crohn's, H. pylori, irritable bowel, SIBO, and ulcerative colitis. So the reason is because that's all affecting your immune system, but what about the nervous system? So the different, the microbiome and the microorganisms that are interacting with your immune system are also responsible for your nervous system and your skin health. So everything is connected. Nothing in her body works independently of each other, right? Because if there's inflammation somewhere that's going to be, it can potentially create inflammation elsewhere. So in terms of kind of addressing it, you really want to look at, okay, are you triggered by any of those foods or substances? Here we go back to the anti-inflammatory uh, nutritional 
practices or supplements, lots of immune support. Um, and in terms of nutrition-based therapy, for these types of people, you really want to be focusing on foods high in omega-3s, um, potentially high fiber if you can tolerate it, prebiotics and probiotics. If your gut, if you're not having a current SIBO flare, obviously this is all case by case dependent. This is not medical advice. This is just kind of to give you those tools that you might need to continue carrying on with healing this diagnosis. Um, and zinc can be really nice for these people. I really like whole food zinc, especially in the form of liver because you're getting all of those other minerals and stuff with it as well. Um, we really want to promote a healthy gut microbiome. We really want to make sure you're not using harsh skincare products that are stripping your skin's micro microorganism. And this is the case for eczema, acne, psoriasis, anything that you've got going on. Your skin has a microbiome, and we think cleaner, more sterile is better, when in reality, that's really not... You don't want it to be squeaky clean, right? You don't want... You don't want to be stripping your body of its natural microorganisms. So these antibacterial, antiseptic things are not good. And even some people with um, acne will use very, very harsh face cleansers. And I'm really not a fan of that because you're completely disrupting the pH of your face, which your skin needs to be a little bit more acidic. So that's why I'm a huge fan of toners. I really like the one from Primally Pure aloe vera juice. It's very soothing. It really apple cider vinegar helps bring your skin's pH back up a little bit more. Um, but with the case for any skin condition, you want to make sure you're not overstripping because you, a healthy microbiome on the skin is a huge way to protect yourself from instances of this happening. With that being said too, I really like, there's a whole food based or there's a, not whole food based, there is a skin based probiotic from Microbiome Labs, Serene Skin. I love that for my eczema people and even my skin. I've been using it on myself too and I really like it because it's helping to flourish the healthy bacteria on your skin as well as your gut. So, yeah, so that's kind of wrapping up a little bit about these skin conditions. I hope this gives you a little bit more insight. Moral of the story is the skin is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. And a lot of these have very overlapping themes. Parasites, bacterial and fungi overgrowth have a huge, 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 huge role in all of these conditions. Um, and for some people, they're just more susceptible to them manifesting as one over the other. So really looking at your gut is the first step that you want to think of whenever you're dealing with any type of skin issues. Yes, we want to look at hormones. We want to look at stressors. Those are all very important. You want to look at liver health. So hopefully this is giving you a little bit more guidance into really taking your skin health to the next level and really being a little bit more in tune with your skin. Because when you know what might create what's going on, you can be your own best doctor and know, oh, I know what I did. Now I know what I need to do to fix it. That's kind of the place that I really like everybody that I work with to be able to get to. I love being here to be kind of that mediator and really be kind of that sound expert to really help craft the protocols to first get them started and help them heal. But you eventually want to get to a point where you, you, you know, you are your own best expert. You know, your body better than anybody else you know your skin better than anybody else. And now when you can know the root causes and you can see what manif what really resonates with you, you can do the healing that needs to be done. So I hope that you learned a lot and took a lot from this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to leave a five-star review and I will see you next week.